Hi, I'm Jeremy Wagner, General Manager of the new Lloydminster Nissan. You're probably wondering and some have asked, why is it still the new Lloydminster Nissan? Quite simply, we're excited to bring things forward that we consider new to a car dealership. We're proud to support the community through a one-of-a-kind live broadcast with Kurt Price that focuses on events, people, and issues that concern our community. We're proud to work with other businesses to promote local agriculture, our heavy oil industry, and entrepreneurs. We give back to the community through sponsorships and our employees are encouraged to and excited to volunteer and help in the community. We're the proud new sponsors of the CPCA Chuck Wagon Finals and the CPCA Pro Tour. And of course, we're always excited for our lineup of new Nissan vehicles with great new features. And our new to you lineup is just as impressive. We're proud to be the new Lloydminster Nissan. We'll keep looking for new ways to help our customers in our community and very soon announce plans for our new location. At the new Lloydminster Nissan, we won't sell you a car, we'll help you buy one. Lloydminster and area have been hit with a massive snowfall. Officials are warning people to bundle up and keep warm. Looking to stay warm this winter? Welcome to the warmth of sheepskin. Looking for warmth? Looking for softness? Looking for comfort? We have ideas for you and your whole family. Visit Sheepskin Law for friendly service, unique gifts, and natural footwear. Sheepskin Law, because we care. Shop in-store or online, sheepskinloft.com. While it is good to look at how much has changed in banking since the first Saskatchewan Credit Union was formed in the 30s, it is just as important to look at what has stayed the same. We are with you through thick and thin, rooted in tradition and honest values, and driven by innovation to help reach your financial goals. This commitment to you has defined our entire story, which will never change. That's a promise. Stay tuned, it's only going to get better. This is Lloyd Minster's show. This is local that matters to you. Local people. Local events. Local news and sports. For Lloyd Minster and area, this is Live with Kurt Price from the new Lloyd Minster Nissan. Well, welcome inside the new Lloyd Minster Nissan on this snowy Saturday morning. But the great news is all three of our guests have made it through the city streets and made their way down to the new Lloydminster Nissan. And we're going to take a look back on uh, 2022 and the uh, year that was with uh, Councillor Aaron Buckingham, Councillor uh, Mr. Torson, Jonathan, Jonathan Torson. Why do I want to say he's Jordan? And we have uh, Mayor Gerald Albers with us as well. And I want, do want to remind you that if you're uh, having trouble getting through the snow, maybe you got a little Mitsubishi that's uh, giving you some trouble or something like that and uh, getting through these city streets. You know, we got the SUVs here that get you into a four-wheel drive. No problem. Drive out of the lot. Maybe you're even here already. And uh, we have a salesman that can uh, talk to you and uh, get you a good crate of wheel on that vehicle as well. So, Or if you're uh, looking for uh, big 4x4, four four, we have some used trucks as well to get you around. And if you're looking for a gas saver to use when they clear the... Uh, Highways and streets, well, we've got those as well. But do not pay for six months here at the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. Really, really excited to have these three gentlemen uh, with us uh, this morning. We're going to take a look at some of the events that are coming up. There's not a whole lot to talk about, but there are a few things. And we're also going to uh, review the uh, year that was with them. So it should be a lot of fun here this morning. But I do want to mention that the Border City Farmers Market is huge today. They have a huge uh, Christmas market at the Service Sports Center. It's free admission. You have the chance to win $100 in market money. Santa Claus is going to be there. And that's open from 11 to 5 today. I believe Santa arrives at 1 o'clock, maybe somewhere around there. But uh, 
great, uh, great event that uh, has a lot of local people selling local wares. If you're looking for a place to shop local today, that may be the place to do it. Another place you can shop local today, especially the ladies, if you're looking for something for the guys, is Cliff Roads for Clothes in downtown Lloydminster. We want to thank Dave Schneider for hosting us on Thursday in downtown Lloydminster. We talked to Dave about the year that was for him, and he told us that he was excited uh, to see so many smiling faces come in. He said not only from the standpoint of, hey, it's great for business, but it's just so good to see people socializing again. We seem to forget the four years of bad oil price we had before that. That's really a big part of our community, and no one were, some weren't working, some were behind, and they had, no, they had nowhere to go, they had no money to spend, and then you threw COVID on top of it. So it, it's been a tough you know, the last five years, not just the last two. So it was kind of nice this summer to see events going on. You see, you know, the New Year's Eve gala going on and stuff that people are actually going places again. So it's it's not just for us for personal, for sales, and we're going to sell something, but just to see people's face that they actually get to go to an event now again, it's, it's, it's very nice. While we were at uh, Dave's at Cliff Rose for clothes, Ryan LeBlanc joined us to talk about the Parade of Lights. That's coming up this Thursday. He says there's plenty of entries already. I think we're close to about 30 right now, So, and it's last minute Lloyd. So, I, you know, I know uh, that last little bit of time or that last little push, we get quite a few that come in. So, uh, But it's been good. We're, you know, the, the, the entries have been flying in early this year, which is, which is nice. It helps for planning. So, Tell us about those entries. How do you get entered for the Parade of Lights? What do you got to do? Yeah, so it's just an application. Um, it's the same as the, uh, the, the Lloyd Fair Parade um, in, the, in the summertime. So there's just a three-page application, um, and you just fill out your company name or your, just your name, and then uh, you send it over to the exhibition, and then they get you registered. So that should be a lot of fun on uh, Thursday with uh, a lot of entries to come yet as well. I know we're planning on putting our vehicle in and haven't just haven't taken the time to uh, fill out the correct forms and things like that. We'll probably do that ahead of time or just show up like we do sometimes as well. But Is that uh, the vehicle, Kurt, with the mustache on you? I've seen that one around. Actually, you know, the eraser worked really good to did take it? that oh, out. But I don't know who did it. I walked out one day at an event and there was Kurt Price with a mustache. And I went, Ooh. And horns. Don't forget the horns. Oh, there was a few horns. Yeah. Yes. And I know who did that. Oh, you yeah. do? Okay. Yeah. Well, no problem. I a just certain uh, dumpy little bald guy that works here did that. So. <laughs> well, you know, when you dish it out, you got to take it sometimes. He may or may not be an elf. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one who did that. Now, we had a great show here on Tuesday. If you haven't checked out the show from Tuesday yet, where we talked to Clay Smiley about Bill C-21 and its amendments, we encourage you to go do that. Uh, he told us that he has more than more than his share of guns that he already cannot sell uh, in his store and no plans to do anything with those guns. He's received no information uh, from the Liberal government on what to do with those guns and how a buyback or a purchase would work. He mentioned you can't do a buyback because the guns were never sold. So he's looking for what is coming out in Bill C-21. His customers are upset about what's coming out in Bill C-21 and he told us that there's too much confusion around the wording for Bill C-21 and its amendments, but he noted that they cannot argue with the facts that they are coming for your guns. All the, uh, the wrong people, the wrong firearms, and I think what people need to be aware of too is that this latest amendment really got people fired up because all of a sudden it's the duck hunter, it's the goose hunter, 
Um, it's the kids 22. You know, they're, they're banning a, a Mossberg Plinkster, which is a little tiny kid's gun that's used for shooting tin cans. Um, I think what people need to be aware of is that they really should have been fired up two years ago when they banned the AR and many other semi-autos. They should have been fired up when they banned handguns because too many people are probably in that boat where, hey, that doesn't really affect me, but all of a sudden it does because they just keep pushing and pushing and taking more and more and more, and all of a sudden, yeah, it's, it's granddad's uh, 308 Winchester uh, hunting rifle, which is also on the list. Mm -hmm. Clay Smiley is the biggest independent gun retailer in Canada, and he joined us on Tuesday, and you can check that out on Facebook, or you can check that out on YouTube, on our YouTube page, and you can, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find it on live with Kurt Price as well from last Tuesday. They've now done four draws in the Lloydminster Exhibition's Chase the Ace, so they're down to 48 cards uh, for Wednesday's draw. The jackpot last I checked, $35,424, and the weekly prize was $655. That's going to climb. This past week was $1,900. And a guy who is a regular with us on this show, Paul Clausen, who advertises with us on this show, was the winner, the owner of PWM Steel. And uh, he showed a lot of class when he turned around and donated that $1,900 to the Salvation Army Food Bank. It's the perfect time of year uh, to do that, and uh, he's just the type of guy to absolutely do it. We have three counselors here that I'm sure will uh, will agree with me. It wasn't that big of a surprise when he did it. Nope. That's Paul. That's Paul. Yeah. Appreciate everything he does in the community. Yeah, just a just what a class act to turn around and do something like that. We're lucky to have a guy like uh, Paul in town. Lloyd Mr. Neri, a brain injury sighted, be wrapping gifts at the Lloyd Mall all week long. They're there till the 24th. I took a turn helping out, and when I say helping out, I use the term loosely. That was all thumbs, right, Kurt? It was, you know what? They had a lot of gifts come in when I was there, and I was amazed at how, you know, because I don't know about you guys, but I just buy bags now, or I take them to Labus or Big Brothers Big Sisters to wrap. There, because there are professionals. There's a the professional. That's why they do it. They and I asked this, what, what percentage of your business is guys? Like 90%? Eh, 85, 80, 95% of our business is, is men. So there were, I think, five people who dropped off uh, gifts. One of them was a female there who you dropped go. off a gift. But the guys will come in with garbage bags full of gifts. gifts. Perfect. You know, and, uh, and get those wraps. So 85% of men that do it, do it because they're men. The 5% of women that do it, do it because they want to support the charity doing it. <laughs> That's, right. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what has nothing to do with guys being lazy either. <laughs> <laughs> or, or where do you wrap a gift? Yeah, how do you hide it from your wife? It's hard. It's yeah, difficult. Yeah, it's a lot easier just to just ask somebody to do it. So they're at the Lloyd Mall, and uh, you can stop in. Uh, they're there today from 12 to 6, and then tomorrow noon to 5, and Monday to Friday 2 to 8. And Labus is a fantastic uh, group. They're going to join us on Tuesday, actually, from downtown Lloydminster. We're going to be broadcasting live from uh, Joe's Barbershop for their one-year anniversary. And Labus is going to uh, join us because uh, Joe's and uh, Greg Redpath are huge supporters of Labus. Uh, they asked if we could bring them on and just give them a little, little plug. So we're absolutely looking forward to that. I know... Uh, I know that uh, Councillor Torson has been out to Qantas Park because he was there on that cold night when they first uh, lit up the lights. Have you guys had a chance to check it out yet? Every year. Never miss it. So it's something we do with the family, for sure. Yeah. It's on my tour list. I haven't got there yet. Yeah. They've done a nice job, haven't they? I think it was fantastic. I know I've, I've seen it the last few years, and I don't know if I've actually been in the park or if we've just done a drive-by every time. 
you know, having small kids, it's not always a nice night the night you decide to go drive by, but going in there and going with my small children, definitely uh, they had a good time and they were very thankful to be able to go and they were, oh, Dad, can I get a picture with this one? <laughs> Dad, can you take a picture of me with this one? Pretty soon the phone is frozen because it was a cold day. It was cold. And this, it was snowing, which is nice. That kind of, you kind of want the snow, but not coming at you and hitting you in the face at 100 kilometers an hour uh, from the wind. How about Jerry Franks? Been to Jerry Franks yet? No, I have not. I have not got there yet, but we will be there sometime between Christmas and New Year's, I'm sure. His house, 5704 30th Street. It's all lit up in the front and backyard. He's collecting donations for Big Brothers Big Sisters, the Salvation Army Food Bank, and the Goat's Christmas Wish. And uh, there are multiple places that you can make your donations you can make it right out front or right in the uh, backyard and uh, if it's not too cold border blades are hosting their annual santa skate on wednesday from 6 to 7 30 on the husky energy oval and uh, stay tuned for that because the weather is supposed to uh, turn but you never know until it actually gets here i think the temperature minus 21 or something like that and uh, one more item here if you're looking for a Christmas gift uh, quick dick McDick Jordan Pollard performing in Marsden at the Marsden Community Hall on February the 18th uh, great entertainment tickets are just $40 and proceeds are going to uh, renovations to the hall for the washrooms and things that like should that. be an interesting show because I didn't know quick dick could sing and I know Carol <laughs> <Some> interesting <laughs> duets is yeah, that what you're that, that's what I'm thinking that could be uh, wow that could be Western style in an interesting and I didn't format. know Jordan could tell jokes <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's, uh, well, maybe they'll take turns. Maybe they'll take turns. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll take a look at the uh, past year in the city of Lloydminster, look ahead to 2023, and uh, maybe find out what's on these gentlemen's Christmas wish list as well. <laughs> It's a Nissan sales van ad. This RAV4 doesn't even have as many standard safety features as this Rogue. Love may be forever, but these offers are not. How can you help support the oil and gas industry and jobs in Western Canada? The answer is closer than you think. Sell your scrap metals to PWM Steel. PWM sells scrap iron to Evraz, located in Regina. Evraz's number one customer is the energy sector, building pipes and plates for the oil and gas industry. PWM Steel is your locally owned metal recycler and steel service center in the area. Plus, they're a strong supporter of the community. PWM Steel, your top steel supplier for Alberta and Saskatchewan for 40 years. At Diamond 7 Meats, we work with local farm families to provide a high-quality product and a great selection for you. Try our mouth-watering Smokies, pulled pork, roast beef, and more. Made pure and natural with no additives or fillers. We offer custom processing, and our experienced team works for you to provide a selection of sausage, burgers, and jerkies made to your specifications. Take your grilling to the next level with a Yoder Smoker. Complete the grilling experience with a Canadian-made, award-winning line of House of Q barbecue sauces. We're locally owned and operated, and we look forward to seeing you today. 
In-Touch Massage in downtown Lloydminster can help with stress and overall health. For those daily aches and pains, muscle disorders, mental wellness and relaxation, try In-Touch Massage. Working with other health providers, artists and her team will work to enhance your overall well-being and get you mobile again. From anxiety to whiplash and more, trust In-Touch Massage in Lloydminster. And direct billing is available. For local massage therapy that offers more than 60 years combined experience and gives back to their community, call In-Touch Massage, 780-871-0977. Lloydminster and area have been hit with a massive snowfall. Officials are warning people to bundle up and keep warm. Looking to stay warm this winter? Welcome to the warmth of sheepskin. Looking for warmth? Looking for softness? Looking for comfort? We have ideas for you and your whole family. Visit Sheepskin Loft for friendly service, unique gifts, and natural footwear. Sheepskin Loft, because we care. Shop in-store or online, sheepskinloft.com. Welcome back inside the new Lloydminster Nissan. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, snow out there, and uh, it's uh, going to be a little tough getting around some of the side streets here. Uh, this morning, 16 has uh, been cleared. Uh, when you guys wake up and see that snow out there, what goes through? Like, you're like, oh, great, the phone calls are going to start, or what? Well, it started at my house. My wife offered to go shovel, so I said, no problem. I'm just going to have a drink of tea here. She came in and said, you better get the snowblower warmed up because you're going to work. So, yeah. 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 So you said you did a few. I did a few. Yeah, a couple yeah. neighbors and the sidewalks and stuff. And got a little bit more to do, but it's all great. Yeah. How about you, Eric? Yeah, we were, I was in the neighborhood this morning, too, doing a, doing a few driveways. And, and uh, yeah, uh, you think about it. Uh, when, you, when you become a city councillor or someone in, in that kind of position, I think the, your view of the, the world changes slightly. Uh, I thought first about the city and the city streets. And, you know, honestly, because I'm cheap as the day is long, I make no secret of that. What's this going to cost the city now, right? Like, we're going to have to do something again, right? So it's it's something I think about immediately, more than I even think about my own driveway. Yeah. How about you? Uh, absolutely so. thinking similar things. One thing, I didn't get up until 10.35 today, but right before we came out, so I didn't have a chance to even touch mine, but I know that uh, that my brother was out doing his three doors down with the snowblower, so I've got a pretty good feeling that mine's getting done as we speak. Uh, thank you, Marcus, or possibly my cousin, Mike, uh, who's across the street. We, uh, we, it's not quite a commune, but somewhere around there. Um, but anyway, no, when I, when I see all of the snow on the ground, especially with how much seemed to accumulate and how many people pushing it onto the street, which you should not do because that makes matters worse, um, and just seeing that is like, oh, man, we just did a full removal, and those things, you know, they always come at a cost. Uh, it would sure be nice to be able to get through the remainder of 22 without having to think about doing another full removal because we've done two every winter for the last few winters. Uh, that's not the policy necessarily, but it's just what we've had to do, uh, and having to do three would cost a lot, on top of all the other inflationary pressures we have. So for you, procrastination works, but maybe not so much for the city. No, no, for sure. In this case, <laughs> I was benefited with lovely children that did not wake me up when they didn't need to. Um, and I've got a pretty good thing with my neighbors where I always shovel, when there's just a little bit, because I don't own a snowblower, and my brother does down the street. So I always shovel when there's just a little bit of snow for my immediate neighbors, and then often they snowblow for me. Yeah. I actually am one of the rare people who don't mind shoveling snow. Oh, I don't mind yeah. shoveling if it's, you know, if it, and it's, it helps if you don't have too big a driveway. But when you have a, a three-car wide driveway, uh, there's a lot of snow to move. Safe to say there will be another, there'll have to be another complete 
Well, first, we're still not done the first city one uh, because the uh, very west side is still waiting to get those the plows there, and they were coming hopefully for Monday, but now they're going to be a little bit delayed because our contractors that we use, and this has been a question I've been asked lots, why doesn't the city have enough equipment? Because we couldn't afford to have all the city equipment that we hire for contractors. It would not be used enough, and we wouldn't get good value, but at the same time, those contractors have contracts for snow removal with different businesses in town, and I can start listing them all, but we all know there's parking lots that get cleaned very quickly. Those contractors have outstanding contracts. They work for us when we call when they're able to. So it's a relationship we have with our contractors. We support local businesses and we appreciate them working for the city and stepping forward, but we have to wait our turn. So it's going to be a little tough to try and get it done by Christmas. I was really hoping we'd have all the streets completely done once by Christmas, but uh, we'll be tackling the downtown, I'm sure, real soon. Uh, the team will get organized. They do that in the evening. And we'll keep blading as they are out right now, and we'll get back at removing snow as quick as we can. But Councilor Torson said it very well. We ask people, please don't push your snow from your driveway onto the street. Because, yes, you may think, oh, the city's coming to get it right away. That's terrific, but it isn't. Because what happens is you get lumps and bumps and piles, and that's where we get people stuck and uh, just even uh, bumpier streets than we already have. I may be guilty of throwing the odd snow shovel onto the street. That's okay. We may just come back and put it back, Kurt, <laughs> if you want. We can help you with that. Well, I, the one I was thinking of, though, was an entire driveway's worth yeah. onto the road. Yeah. So uh, it, it was a foot and a half, and it was quite a bit deeper than everywhere else. So well, actually, I, I passed a gentleman this morning. He was snow blowing um, over by the hospital, and he was snow blowing it, like, through on his, over his driveway, right across the street, and into the ditch, like it was—it was perfect what he was doing. But I thought, man, this guy's got a lot of work because, you know, the roads hadn't yep. been—not a lot of traffic on there yet. But he was doing it. So, uh, enough of the enough of business, maybe. Okay. Let's take a look back on uh, 2022. Boy, I can't believe we're here already. But uh, I wanted to ask each one of you, gentlemen, if you had a favorite event that returned in 2022, one that maybe was missing for a little while and uh, came back and you were able to go to and uh, spend some time uh, enjoying it with, with people and maybe helping out a charity or something. But is there any event particularly that you think of right away that comes to your mind that returned in 2022? You know what, I think for me it's not an event. It's events, you know? It's the mindset that I feel I have around them now. I think for a time I felt, um, here we go to another event. You know what I mean? Like, you, you just went, it was almost robotic. Like, you went to the, and you would go, and there are great events and whatever. But for me now, I find myself enjoying every event just that much more. You know, we had, I was at one last Tuesday morning for a breakfast, and just the look on people's faces and the camaraderie and the laughing and the visiting, and just, I think people genuinely are, they took, we took, I think we took for granted the ability to do these things and see your neighbor and, and do these, all these things all the time. And I feel like I'm trying desperately now not to take for granted the opportunity that I have. And I think that for me is, is the change in 2022. And I'm just thankful for all of it. That was Border City Cacks breakfast? Last week, yeah. Yeah, I heard that was, that was fantastic. Yeah, they, you know, there was some fundraising done there, of course. But for me, I looked around that room and went, look at the people. And look at them smile and laugh. And so many people said, I haven't seen you for so long. It was so nice to sit down with you this morning. That's the value in it for me. Right on. Uh Downtown Street Fest was the one for me uh, that, you know, was always an event that was an annual one I would go to with my children. Uh, we would go check it out. They'd do the bouncy castles. We would do, you know, whatever, whatever other activities they had going on there. 
Uh, wife and I would kind of wander through the little shops and markets and people selling things, maybe hit one of those food trucks. So, you know, I, I am also on part of the downtown area redevelopment committee and, and getting to activate those spaces and, and activating them again is really important to the overall plan of, of implementing that. And, and just being able to do that again and starting to push that forward is, is awesome. Uh, that just seeing all the happy, smiling faces, you know, I don't know. It, it was one of those events that, to me, it was like, okay, yep, we're we're past it now, and we can go back to life as usual. And it was it was decently busy, considering there was, I think, two other big outdoor events going on that day, and they were all very well attended. So it, it really goes to show how much people were craving uh, that kind of social interaction, uh, you know, especially getting outdoors and just having fun. And that was one of those events that was like one of the like that was a busy weekend. But it was also very early on, like, and there was still some people who maybe were a little hesitant yep. to head out and, and do that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm with you. It was great to see your neighbor out there buying a hamburger from the Legion or, you know, and or, you know, he's lined up and you're yelling at him, hey, buy mine too, you know, and then he does, you know. That yep. kind of stuff is what, I, that's a good one. Street Fest was really nice. And um, the Filipino, I can't remember what it was called, but you were at the Filipino uh, party. Yeah, the party. Oh, Miller. Miller. That, that was another part. one that, that happened was another that day. Huge one. And what was the, there was another big one that day, too. It was fireworks or something somewhere. Yeah, there was a lot yeah. of stuff going on. There was, it was really, yeah. And that's what, you know, from my perspective, every day has been great. But, you know, uh, the, the two items that really come out is the having the fair back in full force and having the chuck wagons here at the same time, pancake breakfast at City Hall. It was just great to see people out the parade. It was lined up mm -hmm. everywhere with the parade and families, kids, grandparents, you know, it's just great to see. And I guess the other event for me was the oil show because there was always a concern uh, sitting on that committee that do if we don't get it underway this year, when would we do it? Because you know, people lose interest and things like that. And I think that it really, again, reinforced the industry in our community and surrounding area. And, uh, you know, we've got people that actually made the oil show first time in 40-year history. So, uh, hey, we are going to do it again and uh, be here bigger and better in 2024. I can see a lot of things happening in 2023, and we're going to kick it off in a heck of a hurry. You sure are. Yeah, there there were so many events that I, I'm glad you mentioned the Street Fest, because I had completely forgotten yep. about that. It seems like uh, so long ago now, and uh, so many events, and there, like, it does seem like the busy weekends are back. You must have, like, what was your busiest, can you think of your busiest weekend? I remember one time you had eight events. Yeah, six or eight to. events. I changed clothes three times for different things. Um, yeah, there was a couple times this uh, this year. There was three, I think four, that was a hockey events. weekend. Could have been. With yeah. the, the Flames and Oilers play. Yeah, it could have been. Uh, you yeah, know. Well, that was a busy weekend because I know that you were looking for some of us to help out and go to the different events the mayor had been invited to because that weekend there was... Uh, the suicide uh, awareness weekend. There was right. a border town hog okay. rally yeah. uh, that weekend. There was a uh, uh, hockey game for the Health yeah. Foundation. Yeah, for sure. There was, was, was Marston had an event going on that day yeah, too. Big yeah. farmers market. Yeah. 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 So there are lots of great events, and and you know I appreciate uh, you know I try to get to as many as I can, and that's where it's great to have council to support me. Uh, if I can't be there, and there's two events at the same time, I'll ask. Uh, you start with the deputy mayor, and we work through council. The deputy mayor is busy, uh, depending on their time as deputy. So, but no keep those invitations coming folks uh, uh, the city council uh, we really appreciate the opportunity to be
be out and about in the community and it's a great time and uh, to celebrate whatever that is or to recognize and yeah, as we talked about suicide prevention mental health there was a lot of a lot of things that went on Parkinson's you know uh, there are challenges and it's great to be able to be there and see you know people that are, have continued to live with it and they're battling it each and every day and they have a smile on their face back to that doesn't matter what your situation is it's great to see people out and about and uh, if it's a walk it's a run it's a jog still not quite running yet but uh, I'll go for the walk well I, I still not quite dancing yet I saw the century 21 video and the arms were going that's but right <laughs> we just uh, we're, we're just gonna ease into things here right uh, dr. Zahara did a great job and dr. Earl assisted but I just don't want to wreck anything I want to just make sure it's well and they you know when I asked I said you've got dancing model knee replacements and they said no you know supply chain challenges they didn't have any models <laughs> I, my wife is deeply disappointed I can tell you that for sure uh, we've talked about, you know, uh, things returning. Do you think people are, I think maybe early on, people were a little hesitant to go to events like that. But now I find, like, I was at Border Paws last week, last Saturday night. It was sold out. Uh, uh, Friday night was very well attended. I don't know. For me, I think, like, do, you th do you feel like people are looking for things to do like they want to be around? Because there was, there was some hesitant where when it's first, when things started coming back, people said, well, I, you know, People got used to sitting on their couch. Mm -hmm. People got used to not going out and seeing people. But for me, lately, the events that I've been to, and I was at a Christmas party Rolling Greens last night that was completely sold out, it looks to me like people want to be around other people again. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, some of the events I've been to, they all seem to be sold out shows kind of thing. So even that Harvest Hoedown that uh, the Kinsmen put on not long ago, check that one out. And yeah, the, every table was filled up. So, you know that and I even think back of back in June there was it was a Father's Day uh, the pancake breakfast at the airport where or no that wasn't the airport yeah, it was, there, was, there was one at the airport that was the week before that was the week before yeah there was a, a breakfast at the airport a pancake breakfast and either way way more people showed up than what was expected 400 people showed up I believe is what they served 350 400 was, there was four there was food for 400 and yep. they figured there was close to double that that actually came through there that morning we weren't expecting 800 people through the through the airport that morning we were running for breakfast and ran out of food and that was one of the first breakfasts I remember I think yep. of since the pandemic and yeah people were itching to get out and the other piece of it is I think people are are really really tying into their charity whatever it is that they support and they, they're it's important to them they're getting their friends to make it important to them and I think that people really got a heightened awareness of how charities struggle even with before the pandemic and then they go hold oh, all these charity events that didn't happen boy those guys must be in trouble they must need our help and I think the genuine giving spirit of our community is shown in these events when you see them sold out because everybody realizes that these charities were some of the things that didn't receive a lot of help uh, during a pandemic where things were shut down and now they want to try and support them as best they can so in a dark time there is light in the tunnel in the fact that charities now I think have a bit of a heightened awareness of their struggle uh, through that so it, to me it's a bit of a positive that, that we went through that to get to now where that support is shining through in this community well you got you mentioned pancake breakfast your guys' pancake breakfast in City Hall for uh, the fair was really well attended yep. too it was and a beautiful day well we had we hit 
had a good, uh, just a beautiful day. And that's that's always the, you know, it's always hard, I feel, for organizers when they plan events and weather doesn't go for their side. Uh, but we do live Nothing in Canada, worse. and uh, like we said, we had a little snow yesterday, uh, maybe a lot of snow last night, but we'll get through it. Uh, you know, we've got the parade of lights coming up. Folks, please come out. Uh, bundle up. We know that we can dress for the weather. We, and just bring the families out, get those little ones all wrapped up, and, and uh, enjoy an evening out. And hopefully the weatherman is wrong at this point. And Kurt, you've said a little bit of weather yeah. in your past, so hopefully you can uh, maybe correct the weather and get it straightened around. Um, the other event that I was thinking of was the hockey game. The Border City Connects done that yep. you involved us in, Aaron, and I appreciate that because that was a really fun day yep. to uh, to do that hockey game. I understand they're looking at doing that again in twenty twenty. There's a certainty uh, that it will happen again April twenty first for that for that uh, twelve hour charity hockey game for sure. And it's another example of it, right? In one day, uh, with uh, forty four hockey players raising sixty three thousand dollars in a day. Right? No, I, I mean, they raised their money to play $500 mm -hmm. a player, but at the end of the day, that event raised $63,000. And yeah, it just speaks to what I was saying to you earlier. The community is there to support those in need, and that, doesn't, that didn't stop through a pandemic. It actually heightened it, I think, now. Uh, absolutely. That's one of the events that I'm looking forward to then. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, um, I don't want to put you on the spotter, but are, are Bucky and I back again this year? Well, we tried to find someone. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I, told, I told Greg that the other day, that we'd love to have you and Kim back to do the play-by-play -play on that. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, we'll be, it'll be a go April 21st for certain, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Okay, Lloydminster is so unique, and we've talked about so many different events. In 2021, the Lloydminster Regional Health Foundation had people running on treadmills. Uh, the next year, 2022, they had a big dodgeball tournament, and they're looking at expanding on that. Nothing's for certain, but it certainly went over well. How shocked are like, they do a dodgeball tournament and raise over $300,000. Like, this, that, that, that blows me away. Well, it does, and you you saw teams from multiple businesses, from private businesses in town to uh, to multiple multiple uh, national corporations, and that you know uh, the oil industry uh, as well as the businesses in town step forward, and that spoke volumes. And I think that just shows the the level of commitment that uh, uh, Aaron mentioned that uh, people are willing to support. And I think that you know the Health Foundation it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, somebody you know has benefited from investments by the Health Foundation in our community. And that just speaks volumes right there. So I think that, you know, that's one that touches each of us somewhere in our heart. And you've got a dedicated group of people, whether it's the Health Foundation or any other group, especially the Health Foundation, though. You, you've got a staff of people that are, th it's not a job to them, right? It's what they do, it's what they love. And when you're that dedicated to something and you get out and you approach companies to be a part of it, put a team in, support it somehow. Uh, and they don't have to struggle to make the ask. They truly believe in it. And there's so many organizations in town that are like that. And when you've got a great team of people in these organizations, you have great success on the back end of it. And you see that in so many. Uh, we saw the opening of uh, the new fire hall in 2022 as well. Um, from that standpoint, uh, that's a great community project that happened in, in 2022. Are there any other community projects that you look at uh, back and really really proud of how the city has has you know developed that or built that or i mean that one stands out for me yeah well oh sorry i was no, just gonna ahead. say if if you look at the numbers in terms of you know city of lloydminster type of projects um the museum and archives lloydminster museum and, Ar and archives that opened this year as well as the lloydminster public library that opened mm -hmm. early in the year 
after a lot of challenges to get in there, but if you look at the numbers, they are up, and people are coming out, and they are enjoying the programs and services that the city has, and, and just overall a, a newer, improved product um, for for the consumers or for the residents to be able to go out and and actually, you know, check out something different every time they go to the Lloydminster Museum and Archives, or having a pottery space where you can, you know, have the right lighting to do your pottery, or you know, the various programs and maker space and Lego programs that they have at the Lloydminster Public Library. So, uh, those are two that you know I think in the last year they they were big decisions made by City Council to get us all the way there, and then countless hours by staff and volunteers to get us there, but I think we're incredibly fortunate now to be able to have those two places for people to visit. For me, it's the non-sexy it's the non -sexy projects, you know what I mean? Like, those are those are flashy, they're public, they're very out there, right? Like Jonathan. No. Uh, but <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I'm just glad you called me Jonathan. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It's, uh, for me, it's the stuff that the day-to-day -day stuff, when you're doing those street improvements and you're fixing water and sewer and continuing on the path of making sure that we don't end up in a train wreck somewhere, there's a lot of old sewer line, a lot of old pipe in this town from the 50s that are still, you know, working to replace. And as long as we keep the momentum going on that, uh, it creates way less problem in the long run. And so I think the investment in infrastructure and keeping that ball rolling so we don't fall further behind is a tough balance. It's very expensive to keep that infrastructure going and to keep putting money into that year over year. But I think it's a necessity, and the, the last couple of years, the city crews and engineering team and all the contractors that have had a part in that have managed to complete pretty much every project they started, and it's all towards continued improvement, and that to me is important. You don't see it. You don't see it advertised as much. You don't say, hey, this project is complete. Come to the grand opening of this street. It doesn't happen, right? But those things are happening, and to me, they're very important. You're absolutely right, because if there's no water at somebody's house when they're brushing their teeth or taking a shower, or if the toilet f flushes and then doesn't go down, there's calls coming to the city. And uh, those that infrastructure under the ground and storm waters, you know, uh, we've got a, a big piece of dirt or earth being dug on the very east side of town, and people going, oh, have you started the new uh, Lloyd Place? No, we haven't started the Lloyd Place. We're actually building uh, an improved storm water pond for retention and putting in a proper control structure on that that was basically a slough that was drainage led to that and it led its way out of the city. But those are projects that cost millions and millions and millions of dollars, yet people go, we didn't see anything out of it. Yeah, you did, you just didn't see it directly. It's it's beneficial to people each and every day and we want to ensure, you know, our basics, fire, policing, water and sewer, and doing the roads as best as we can because I know everybody not always agrees that uh, the roads are getting the treatment that they need, but we're trying really hard and our teams are out there. They were out there early this morning and they'll go late tonight. They'll be back at it again tomorrow and they'll just keep going round and round. Uh, and I, I can confirm that at least the, some of the sanding has been done on by intersections and things like that, even on kind of priority two roads and side streets because I took all of those to get here uh, this morning just to kind of get a flavor for uh, can a small car get through what we've got right now, which I drive a small Mitsubishi. You do. And, uh, <laughs> and I made it through. <laughs> didn't know that. <laughs> Watch the playback. Yeah. Uh, is there a project you're looking forward to in 2023? Uh, I'm probably going to steal your thunder because um, I'm looking forward to the opening of the new wastewater treatment plant in 2023. Uh, that's another one that's not so sexy. It's but not, but this guy on, on this side of me here is, is uh, deserving of a pile of credit for getting that project underway and getting the funding we needed to get it done. And I, I keep saying it anytime somebody asks, it's why are you building a new wastewater treatment facility? The old one didn't work. 
not the case, right? The old one worked. It worked fine. It was doing exactly what it was supposed to do. It's just that the goalposts moved from the federal government on what it was asking us for output, and that old plant couldn't meet it. So now here we are having to build an $81.5 million wastewater treatment plant. But the great news about that is, with the delivery method that was chosen by council and administration, I don't think you're going to find another project in Canada, I'm not even going to say Western Canada, in all of Canada, that through a pandemic and through its size and everything else is on time and on budget. Uh, which knock is, on that wood which there, buddy. It's, it's, <laughs> you tell every last <laughs> invoice is it's, it's good. But right now, on time and on budget, right, to the point where we uh, had our administrative team present at the Alberta Municipalities Conference about the success of this project and why it's doing what it's doing. They said if we had chosen a different delivery method in the procurement of this uh, product or project, we might be sitting at over 100, 105 million right now, and right now, still on track, on budget, and we'll keep the uh, mayor out of jail uh, this fall by making sure that that project comes online in October of 2023. Yeah, yeah, I was even gonna just add to that, and, and one of the things that was new, different, unique about the way they could do that project was even some things that they needed the exterior of a building so they could start putting all the piping in didn't show up or wasn't going to show up on time. So with their process, they're able to, oh, let's build all the stuff that's inside of the building and then we'll put the building up around it. So just the ability to do things like that right? because right. of the it, process, that they could be nimble, be on their feet, and uh, and in a normal design bid build, you'd have been sitting there waiting. And just to be clear, when he said the guy next to him, he did mean the guy in the center here. I, I do appreciate when people give me credit, but I won't take any for the amount of effort that went into getting funding for that wastewater treatment plant. That was, that was this guy. It was a team effort in that whenever any of us got the chance, um, we would mention it, but we know that this uh, mayor in his full-time job was calling people on the daily across the country, <laughs> anyone who would listen. Well, it's, a time, it's a time of year to be thankful, and I'm, I'm going to blow his horn just that much more <laughs> if I can because I love this story. So I was on a committee that was in Edmonton for a meeting, and the federal infrastructure minister happened to be the guest speaker at that meeting, and the mayor said, hey, can I come with you to this meeting? And I said, yeah, if you want to. So yeah, I need to be there. So we come, and we sit in this meeting, and I still feel guilty about my train of thought not going where his did, and I learned a lot this day. So we're sitting there, and the, he's almost done speaking, and the mayor says, hey, what door did he come in? I said, well, that one over there. He said, well, do you think he's going to go out that door? I'm like, yeah, pretty good chance. He goes, yeah, I thought so too. So in a room of political people, more or less, three, four hundred, the only person who got a word in edgewise with the federal infrastructure minister was this guy because he went and stood in front of that door and told him that we need money for this wastewater treatment plant and he was the only one that got a word in edgewise and so the brilliance of thinking about that kind of thing just speaks to the 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 love of the city and the love of trying to get this stuff done by this guy it was an impressive moment and those kind of stories you don't hear very often so here i have a forum where i can spout his praises that's a good story did that did that help Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> make me blush. Uh, I, I hope it did. You know, uh, every time we can get in front of a provincial cabinet minister, our MLAs, federal cabinet ministers, I'll say the prime minister, that doesn't happen very often, uh, to, to promote because we're literally competing with every other community in Canada looking at a project. Every community's got something they'd love to do, and if they've got a grant application in front of the provincial or federal governments, they, they're they hoping or buying to, to try and get that. And, and it's a, it is a challenge for municipalities because
because if you don't get on that list, you're you're out of luck. You push it another year or two or three years down the road. So, yeah, it's it's an ongoing challenge. And uh, you, you, were, know, you were a little stressed out with the wastewater. Well, I was. Because I saw you one day, and I think it was, Al was it Alberta that came on late? Yeah. And you were at the Lloyd Mr. Exhibition. I still remember this day. You looked like a piano had come off your back. Yeah. And, yeah. you, and you turned around and said, it will be announced, but... Yeah, it's, and then uh, we don't get very much notice when they finally do make that decision, and, and then you're kind of giddy because you're kind of happy and excited, but you can't share it with anybody. So uh, the one I love, she she knows everything as, as, as the world goes, but otherwise, uh, you know, and I shared with counsel in, in confidence because, um, you know, there's concern as well, right? Because there's seven people that gather, uh, you know, weekly basically for counsel and GPC, and uh, their hearts are in the community. That's that's why they ran, and uh, that's who we elected. And thank you very much for the support from the community, and the continued support. Because I've had a lot of people in the community ask me, especially about the wastewater treatment plant. It got out. People understood, and we'll be doing the same thing about uh, Lloyd Place and and other projects as we go forward. Because I can tell you, when we got elected in 2016, nobody knew we needed to build a new wastewater treatment plant. I think we got that kind of dropped in our lap, saying, "Here you are, the options." Oh yeah. Well, we we knew that it was coming, but we didn't know how we were going to do it by not any a, Not a clue. Because before we were elected, there was the option of EPCOR buying the whole system. So yeah, let's not get into yeah, that. that but <laughs> there, there was different options that were presented even yeah. at that time. Absolutely. I, I was going to add to what you were saying there, uh, Mr. Your Worship, Gerald Albers. <laughs> but um, one of the other things as far as what makes his job so complicated is just the bi-provincial nature. So a big project like that where you're looking for you know funding based on an $80 million project, well, sometimes the provinces will only look at you like you have 12,000 people in the province that they are part of. So mm -hmm. that's the number that they're basing everything off of. The other one is going to be, you know, based on the, what is it, 16, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 plus, whatever. Uh, so anyways, when you're looked at it that way, then you got to convince both provinces that they want to take your project and push it forward so it can go up to the federal government for their approval. So all of a sudden it's like... You need four approvals for something that for everyone else would be just the two. And that's why you really have to stand out. And, you know, just to, to follow up on the story I told earlier, I ran into that federal infrastructure minister in the fall, this last fall. Uh, he happens to be the mayor of Edmonton now. And uh, I said to him, how you doing? He said, oh, Lord Minster. He said, how was that project going? You're mayor. He was on my case, and he's now the mayor of Edmonton, and he was still talking about when he was the federal infrastructure minister and the job that he did. So uh, you leave a lasting impression, and that's what's getting us. <laughs> that's, that's what's getting us success. Someone has to be that passionate and that advocate and push, but push politely uh, to make sure we get things done, and, and we found success uh, in that. So thanks Wh for that. Which is now what he's doing as far as our Lloyd Minster Place project that we hopefully can get all the funding we need to be able to uh, build something of substance there. Let's talk about, since it keeps coming up, let's talk about uh, Lloyd Minster Place and uh, how, like you were in Ottawa last week. Yep. I just assumed you were talking about grants and things uh, like that. Uh, it came up. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I cornered another minister and uh, <laughs> couldn't get a meeting with him directly, but was able to uh, to corner him. Lay down in minutes. the parking lot in front of his car. <laughs> oh, well, I, did you do? <laughs> I want to hear this story. Which door? <laughs> no, this was the Which hotel. restaurant were you? This, yeah. this was a hotel. He wasn't getting out the door. There was three doors. <laughs> Trying to cover all three. So, yeah, no, uh, with the help of uh, our friends at SUMA, you know, and that's one of the things. It's always great to have assistance and uh, uh staff member of SUMA, uh, the organization we belong to on the Saskatchewan side of municipalities, uh, said, hey, there's Minister LeBlanc, you, you wanted some time? 
So I went and just kind of nudged my way in. He was in a conversation. He tried to be polite, and uh, turns out it was with his deputy minister and a couple other people. And turned around and we chatted and uh, presented some information and said, Minister, we're we're continuously looking for this support from the federal government. Uh, hopefully, Saskatchewan, you would uh, see this project worthy of support. Uh, we were. Uh, didn't get a firm commitment, never do with that directly, mm -hmm. but at least it raises it back onto the desk. And again, your file now moves hopefully to the, to the top of the pile to be looked at and to, to be considered. So uh, we don't have any great answers yet, but we're going to continue. Uh, we've had a recent change of leadership in Alberta with uh, Premier uh, Smith being elected as Premier through the UCP party and some cabinet minister changes. So uh, I'll be uh, going hand uh, again with uh, the all the brochures and packages and selling it with our MLA, Garth Rosewell, and we've got some meetings planned in January with uh, three ministries that would have some interest in our arena uh, project, and uh, it's more than an arena, it's an, an event place, and we'll see where we go with it, and uh, we'll, we'll keep moving it forward inch by inch. Uh, sooner or later, we're going to have to make a decision, and we'd sure like to know where we stand with our provincial and federal partners. The uh, stress level on that, about equal or a little bit more, considering there's there seems to be a ticking, you know, it seems to be a yeah. timeline. It's like more. The clock ticking you down. Know, it, it's more because it's one of those things when I talked about the roads versus the fire hall opening, this particular project is garnering much more community interest, much more community input and feedback. Realistically, no one cares what kind of pipe goes in the wastewater treatment plant, but they do care what kind of railing goes on the, uh, in this yeah. event place, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things where people have a vested interest in it because they they they're using it it's more of a fr upfront thing as well as I, haven't got, I haven't got a day recently i don't think for months somebody's talked to me about the arena prior the uh, uh lloyd place project every day um and i wish i had better answers more answers i mean i have my opinions on where it needs to go but i don't have solid answers because we're waiting on funding we're waiting on design we're waiting on a bunch of different things but it's it's out there every single day somewhere somebody says something to me every day and I think the community is just more invested in that project because quite literally it is going to be more of a community project. Mm -hmm. We didn't necessarily uh, fundraise uh, as we potentially were going to have to for the wastewater treatment plant of buck a flush or anything like that. Um, but this one, there will be an element of fundraising and people will want to put their, their name behind that. Um, and people will want to ensure or, and people will want to ensure that maybe that, that thing that's really important to them, if they can get it in there, that, that is important. Like, even, for example, the, the young ladies who got the $100,000, absolutely we have to make inclusion and making people of all abilities uh, able to use that space, uh, first of all, because it's the right thing to do. Second, those young ladies raised all that money for it, and we absolutely should be doing it on that project. So there's things like that that you have to think about where you definitely have to take more community consultation consideration in, which is, I think we've done an excellent job, my own opinion, of getting out there and getting the information of where we're at right now. Um, the next question is, is where do we get to to try and A, bring budget to a number we can actually uh, live with and afford, and how, what are we going to be able to do about the other side of the funding? So we'll see what happens. Uh, like it's, it's, there's, well, there's work going on in the background that, yep. uh, that we as councillors don't look at every single day we get updates every once in a while but uh it's it's a challenge we're up against a tight timeline but still hopeful for uh for a you know a great conclusion to this story because so far we've been incredibly lucky 
What a great day that was. You mentioned the hundred. Like, that comes to mind now, too. Yep. Something the, the, great yep. that happened in 2022. The Chevy Cup and those young ladies, the yep. work they yep. went into. And, you know, when, in that story that's told, one of the dads couldn't be there with his daughter um, being on the bench and being on the ice surface and stuff because of uh, his mobility challenges and how we can address that. And we need to keep that in mind, be it crosswalks, streets, but uh, arenas, any other public facility, right? And that's, that's, a, that's a challenge. And uh, unless you... Uh, have used the walker and I had that experience this summer you don't realize the challenges that people have and uh, I can talk about streets because there was a, a summer gathering a, a big um, block party down in the, um, the south, just south of the tracks and some businesses got together and I was using my walker and I went wow this street needs a little bit of love because uh, you know when you got cracks and you got divots in the asphalt it's not easy to get around was that to the core yeah yeah I thought so um, uh, there's another one we missed though another big hockey related one was uh uh, hockey day in Canada. What was it? No, Rogers hometown hockey. Rogers hometown hockey. Oh, yeah, yeah. that was a big one, and yeah, I was that was so but long it was ago. cold. Yeah, yeah. It was cold. and it was and that was we one of the it was and it yeah. was one of the first ones. You know, we still had some protocols in yeah. place, but you know, people were starting to come out, and you know, it was great to see and to, you know to be spotlight uh, be uh, the spotlight again put on Lloydminster. You know, we are known around the countryside, and uh, you know, with Wayne Redden recently being inducted to the the uh, senators, uh, you know, uh, ring of honor. It's just, it's great. It's just tremendous. And, uh, you know, people talk about that. Bumped into a fellow in Ottawa. His son played hockey, WHL, with Wade Redden. His son played, and they're still family friends. And, uh, you know, how's, how's Lloyd Minster, you know? And it's, it's good to have that inquiries I, from I, across. I talked to his brother, Bart, on Wednesday, just after he got back from Ottawa, because a couple couple guys from Lloyd had <laughs> gone up there, and his dad and took his, his son there. And, he was just saying what an incredible experience it was and how many people, like former teammates, came back to kind of pay tribute to him and everything like that. Like people coming from around the world to be able just to be there for that moment. And we look at it as like, like anytime we needed weight on this show, he's happy to do it. We talked to him before his induction of the Ring of Honor. It's like it's just he, he comes across as just a regular guy. Mm -hmm. So um, I did want to mention, uh, Aaron, you said about design. I thought we had a design in place for um, Lloyd Mr. Place. There's a design. Is that design not finalized? Is that or, or is it because I know there's some discussion around the pricing of it when it was over $100 uh, million dollars. And then it dropped, I think, to 86. Is in it? that 86, 90 range is what we're shooting. Yeah. Uh, and they're still they're still refining it. So when the, you got you got a concept of a building, but what goes in the building? That's where the design work continues to be worked on. And again, we're not going to build a Taj Mahal. I know people have asked. They want a functional building. We've heard that very clearly from the community. Enough washrooms, but they don't have to be gold-plated toilets by any means, and there's not going to be any gold in that building. There's, <laughs> it's going to be a functional building, but that's what we're working with. And we're working with PCL Construction, who's also working with Bexon Construction locally as the, the local uh, partner to, uh, to help them source uh, sub-trades and things like that and, and gain as many maximum benefits as we possibly can. And I think that it's really important that you know, uh, PCL is going to be coming back to us saying, 
if we do concrete finish first tile, this is where we can save you some money and things like that. And I think that's that's all part of the design because you want to be aesthetically pleasing, but we want to be functional. And those are the two things I think that you know I've heard from people. They don't want to have us go in there and say, oh, 10 years we cheaped out, now we got to renovate. No, that's going to be that's definitely I've heard that message very clearly from a lot of people. And like I say, make sure its functionality is there. So working with the teams on dressing rooms, talking to people about access, uh, even the food ha uh, food service is going to be unique and it's going to be different from what we have today and we want to make sure that the functionality is there. So that's all part of that design work. Now we also have to be realistic and maybe I can say it is that we don't know how much money we're going to be having to work with so that may alter what we build. At the end of the day I've heard and you know I can I can speak uh, for myself from what I've heard from people, people are concerned about the cost and we are too. Trust me. We we're not going to go out and we don't have a blank check on this. We've got to be we've got to be realistic, and that goes back to the grant money. So there's there's steps that still have to get through this, and that's the message we keep conveying. May, the governments know it. It's just nobody likes to uh, to unless at the certain when they decide they decide, and that's the challenge. We'll we'll be there. Would you say the majority of people are um, like I look at it, and I I hear exactly what you're saying. I don't want to be in a situation 10 years from now where we have, we're looking at building another arena or something like that because we didn't build one that could satisfy the population or that would bring in, see I look at it and go, we're a major stop between Edmonton and Saskatoon, why can't we have some of these, I think they're called B-class acts yeah. that stop by or, you know, like I, I remember when I was working for the radio station, Carrie Underwood played in Grand Prairie, well Grand Prairie doesn't have a huge stadium or anything like right. that, no. but when she was on her way up, you know, that's when they caught her. Yep. Right? That's the struggle I go to bed with at night, really, I mean, yeah. you lay there and you go, you, how far to the future do you build this? What do you build in order to make it functional? What do you build in order to draw some major, more major events that's good for the economy, good for the city, good for all the businesses around town, and keep it affordable and what people expect? At the end of the day, I'll say it right now, there are going to be people that are going to be unhappy with this, regardless of what happens, yep. no matter where it lands up. We're not going to make everybody happy with this project. Our job is to make sure the project does what it's supposed to do and is affordable at the same time. That's the struggle. The struggle is real. <laughs> and we're going to have to see what happens. And it, like I said, it depends. These gentlemen have said it before. It depends on how the funding comes in, when it comes in. There's so many things up in the air right now. It's impossible to say but what's going to happen. Like, by all means, we're all very supportive of doing the project. And, and I think that's important and worth noting. It's just the challenge becomes is... Uh, until we have funding answers is, uh, well, I am very supportive of the project, but if you theoretically had to raise the property taxes 20% to be able to afford it. Ooh, what city would do that? Exactly. Yeah. Like we, we have to be realistic with ourselves. Um, one of the other things I was just going to, you know, kind of clarify even is where we're at right now. Uh, you know, we started with some pretty high estimates in ter terms of, like, Class B, Class D, that kind of thing. I think we're at Class D, which I believe is plus or minus 50%. Yep. Uh, and we're working our way down to the Class B or Class... Yeah, the Class B, because the Class A, I think, is your final. Uh, so we're at the Class B stage to try and get... And that's supposed to be a, a range of, of uh, I think, plus 50, or minus 15%. Yep. So once we have that, we'll be a lot closer to knowing or understanding of what the the design we have will actually cost and whether or not there's there's areas where there's ability to cut things and 
having to go back to the public potentially. I, we'll see what happens. I, I guess I don't want to get too far into it. It's exciting. It's good news. But at the same time, uh, even when you're out with public consultation with people, you want to be excited about it. You want to get them interested in it. But at the same time, let's temper our expectations because we don't know what's going to happen yet. But we want to do everything we can to build the best possible facility that we can for this community that's going to you know, serve us for 50, 60 years. Yeah or yeah. more, hopefully. That's what I look at it, and I go, the price is only ever going to increase. I don't know about you guys, but I've never seen anything come down. <laughs> I'm afraid you're absolutely right, Kurt. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, it's challenging, and that's that's the piece that we, we, we wrestle with, because who knows what inflation is going to continue to do. We have saw what's happened over this last year. And I want to remind people, when we started this project was way before COVID. That's when we did the first price estimate and, you know, costing. And we did then, when we looked at the project, Project and administration brought it forward and said we could save 15 percent in the project. We looked at a much greater project, sort of the big scope, and that's what when the price really went up and went okay. Well, we got to temper it again and look at potential phases because there is more than Lloyd Place. There's also going to be some slow pitch uh, diamonds. There's going to be potentially camping uh, spots uh, for people using the slow pitch and and the uh, surface ice surfaces in the summer. There's going to be a trail system. It's going to be it's a beautiful project architecturally, man. I I wish we had the money and just said, go do it, because it would just enhance the east side of the city tremendously. But we also have to be realistic because we don't have an unlimited bank account. You don't want to end up in a situation like Prince Albert's in right now, where they're in the middle of building a, a similar type facility, which has gone up 100% in, pro in, in uh, cost, and then they have to go to the provincial government to ask for an extension of their debt limit because the city can't even borrow enough to actually finish the project off. So as much as we want to move this project forward, we have to make sure we do it in an appropriate and managed way, because I don't want to end up, that's a $25, I think I read, $25 per person, not, you know, not, that's not you and me, just it's the kids and everybody, $25 per person population, tax hit right now on that one project in PA. I don't want to see that happen here. Wow. Um, another, the city did a, did a survey about public transportation. I don't think we've seen the results from that uh, public transportation survey yet. I'm but, the, but you will, and I can tell you that the number of people who responded to that survey Insane. is one of, one of the better surveys as far as public engagement has gone that the city has ever done. Uh, so when you get that kind of engagement, uh, I hope that we get the results that we're looking to find uh, in that from what people have said because it was really encouraging. Even the, 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 uh, the contract that had uh, the contract to do the public engagement even pointed that out. This is a phenomenal turnout as far as survey goes. So I'm looking forward to seeing those results and sharing those results publicly because the, the turnout was excellent. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's all we've got back on it right now is it would just be a note that says that the public engagement was, let's say, ballpark 10% or 20, I don't remember, but it, very high. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that, that's really interesting with that piece. And we go back, and I'll back up one more to the retail gap analysis. We uh, got the report to council; it's gone to public uh, about uh, you know opportunities of businesses in town, the, tr the trading area, and it confirmed some things we thought. But uh, you know, we had 750 responses, and the uh, consultants that we had were just blown away. They thought 100 to 150 would be good, and we had 750 responses. So those that tell 
healthy people, and maybe that's, I'm not sure if it's COVID, I'm not, I'm not gonna say plus or minus, but uh, all of a sudden people are, are engaged. And I appreciate that, and I really encourage people to, get, to share their thoughts. And they'll say, well, you guys don't listen to me anyways. Well, we try to judge that. That's what the job of us, uh, the seven of us around uh, City Council look at the input that come in. We also get people talking to us every day. That all plays into our minds. We've also got our own opinions, and sometimes they change. And I'll be the first to admit, I've my opinion has changed going into a council meeting after the presentation and the debate that goes on, my opinion changed because I hadn't looked at all of the sides. And I think that's that's the best part of the job that what we have is that we've got seven unique people that bring seven opinions, but they also bring the opinions of 34,000 people with them. Being, being persuading is good, but being persuadable is also just as good. Yep. So you mentioned Aaron, well, like those also we want to see. What, what do you guys want to see? I, w I want to see the results of what those people want to see. That's what I'm asking for. Because when you get that much engagement in it, I'm really curious to see what they said. It's one thing to have this many people respond, but what did they say in there? That's what I'm looking for. I don't have the answer uh, as to I'm looking for this or I'm looking for that. I'm looking for what people have said, right? I have my own personal opinion of the solution to this, even pre-survey. Uh, I have the solution. What is that? <laughs> my personal opinion? Yeah. I believe we have that in the city already. I think Border City Connects is the answer to this problem. I think without the city having to have uh, employees and mechanics and do all this stuff, if the city was able to contract the Border City Connects that has vans running around the, the, the city already, if we said as a city, you need to run these routes at this time or whatever the case may be, I think that's a, a double win. And I'm not an expert, that's just the overall feeling I have. No, no sense recreating the wheel here to me if we can do it with an existing service and helping them expand that service. It's financially and just long-term sustainable to me. You and I had talked about that on the show, actually. We have, and uh, I'll, I'll come on, uh, follow up with Aaron's comments. Uh, when I was in the oil and gas industry full-time before being elected mayor, uh, White Court used two one-ton old school buses, painted them up, and set up routes. And I think that that, you know, I've shared that, and I think that it could be incorporated into, as an example, Border City Connects or some other nonprofit. because I can tell you people often ask, well, where do the uh, transit fall? Transit costs money if it's run by the city. And I think there's opportunities that at least break even or certainly figure out something where it's maybe there is some support from the city, but it's not an actual city function from that perspective. And again, I can tell you, no matter what we come up with at City Council, working with administration and the consultant, it's not going to suit everybody's needs because we can't run a bus at 4 in the morning till 2 in the morning and, and be cost effective. That's just not going to work. But working with, if it's Border City Connect, which would be terrific, working with employers and, and other me and means and other opportunities, right? There's, there's things that we need to look at, and I hope that comes out in the, in the report, and, uh, and then we work forward from there. Yeah, I, I think that these, these guys have kind of nailed it. You know, one of the things that, that I think, this is my own mind, is I, it's another piece of infrastructure that could potentially happen, and like all infrastructure, it's all funded by tax dollars. Um, you know, the same as your car infrastructure is. So if less people had to drive on as many roads, you wouldn't have as many roads. It's just infrastructure that gets funded through taxes. 
Um, You're starting to sound like Mr. Trudeau a little bit there. No, I, I, I do I do mean that, though. <laughs> you yeah, wouldn't yeah. be the first time. Yeah. Well, we're not getting into the bicycle lane discussion. We're no, 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 I'm not that. going there at all. Even if we're talking, okay, let's use a different example. Water moving through pipe is still infrastructure. Is there sewage in this water? No. <laughs> we clean ours first. It's kind of a policy yeah. that we have. Uh, that's right. That yeah, way. that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just giving you a hard time. No, um... But, but at the same time, like it's it's infrastructure all the same. Uh, whether or not it's right for our community, I think part of that comes down to what the results of this are from our community. So then, you know, it'll it'll be the same the same old song and dance of, okay, uh, what can we do if they decide that they're in favor of it, or what other measures are there if there's something that else that works, or is there some made in Lloydminster solution that we've we've heard about for a few years? But golly, it'd be nice just to see something like that finally. Uh, get off the ground because there's no question that there's a lot of benefits to the local economy to having something like that um, and you know a lot of wins for Lakeland College for students for seniors for young people uh, for low-income people but at the same time we, we've got to take all the steps to get there and the evidence has to be there that there's going to be ridership to be able to support going down that path absolutely I want to ask you about dark I wanted to ask you about downtown area redevelopment sure. committee and uh, I there's been a lot of uh, well we spent some time with Dave Schneider yep. mentioned that at the top of the show last week he was uh, he thought uh, downtown area redevelopment uh, committee was doing a great job um, d being on that committee what are you seeing downtown uh, well we're seeing we're seeing a, a few things that we've we've kind of got off the ground and got moving in terms of like some event grants so some events that are going on in the downtown not necessarily very big ones that are being uh, funded by small grants just to help them get off the ground so that they can do it one year and hopefully in the next year we can fund a different one and then they can become self-sustainable so that just more action going on in the downtown to kind of draw people in um, other than that uh, we approved a, a pretty huge and monumental construction project uh, at City Council um, to actually rip out a section of 50th block, yep. yeah one block in 50th just by the old synergy credit union all the way down to the clock tower 50th 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 street 49th Avenue. yeah so that's gonna that's that's gonna get the kind of the the downtown area redevelopment plan redesign done with wider sidewalks more trees um one of the other things uh yeah kind of just more decorative uh in nature just to kind of go with the flow then there's also a program that that's coming up that uh, needs a little bit of fine-tuning before it goes to City Council uh, but it's got some budget money there related to facade improvements where downtown business owners or downtown building owners can do some improvements to their facade to kind of beautify um, with some of their investment matched back by some of the city uh, but again that's a program or that's a program that still needs to go to City Council for approval but there's just some budget money to make it happen uh, and another um, another big one. Oh, what are you thinking? I'm just going to butt in yeah, for a second. Yeah, go ahead. So, again, we talked about water and sewer beforehand. That is going to drive the bus on downtown. So people are going to yeah. say, why did you start where you started? 
you got to start where the trunk the, where the trunk is at the end and you work backwards because if we started at the top end we just force the system and it would be cause nothing but grief so we have to work backwards following the water and sewer lines and that's how our plan is going to be developed because it would be uh, it would be absolutely disastrous to start at the at the top of the line and work our way down to the bottom we're actually at the bottom and coming back up so you know that's if people say well why did you pick there that's where we're going to be tying in the water and sewer that's going to change everything in the downtown and that's critical and, and that's I, the thing you don't you don't you don't go and do these projects and then go afterwards and have to rip up the asphalt again oh you, yeah. gotta, you gotta start you gotta start all the underground works have to be first before you get up there because there's absolutely no other way to do it no way uh yeah i was just gonna add uh the one i was missing was the downtown parklet so there is a parking lot um that is owned by the city that has no tenants left in it and we're considering starting a park kind of with asphalt but um put up some some twinkly lights put off stage there you can have some farmers market craft things events going on we we're thinking maybe there'd be a three-on-three -three hockey tournament there this summer just spitballing ideas of what we thought would be a, a nice thing to use that downtown parklet for so uh, again, that needs a little bit of work. I think it needs to go to City Council still, but uh, you know, in terms of the things that the DARC is working on, those are some of the, the, the key items right now that uh, I'm excited about anyway. If you had something on your Christmas wish list, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna preference this by saying you can't say a grant <laughs> for, for, for particularly for uh, Lloydminster Place, but uh, if you had something on the, your Christmas wish list for, for 2023, for the city of Lloydminster, what would you put on that uh, uh, wish list? I mean, we should just say it can't be money, but no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hot economy so much <laughs> that the inflation isn't a thing anymore and interest rates aren't wild and crazy and life can be kind of economically as it was before. I think that there's so much uncertainty that comes with all these things we can't control. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, interest rates. It, I, supply chain issues if life could go back as it was sooner than later as far as all those things go as far as those things go you know some of that grant stuff would be less of a concern um it's but a pretty yeah. good answer yeah and i think that would help everyone yeah. everywhere go for it you want me to go first he has to have an answer that's why he's passing it off <laughs> <laughs> you know no I, he was gonna say grant yeah, i know yeah. he was yeah for me, it's a continuation of some of the positives we've seen in 2022, and I, I, that's just who I am. I really, I'm a people person, and when we saw these events come back, and the, and the smile, and the joy, and the laughter, and the community involvement in the nonprofit sector, and the things that I saw this year, uh, I'm just so thrilled. I'm so proud of this community in so many different ways, but yet there is still room to grow it. And I think we have such an amazing base. I, I'd love to see the nonprofit sector continue to thrive and grow because they're the backbone of this city. They really are. They do so many things that so many others don't. It's not a municipal or provincial or federal government thing. Those nonprofits that are trying to do positive, wonderful things for the community need our help, and they're getting it from this community. And it's always there. The community always steps up. Keep that in mind for 2023. If you haven't chosen something you're passionate about, you've lo you're looking for a way to get involved in our community. If every resident of the community got involved in some sort of nonprofit, whether it's for ti time or money, you don't have to give money to be a part of it. You can give your time. We have an exceptional community for that, but there's room to grow, and I'd love to see everybody do a little more of that. And that is not saying we don't do enough. We do amazing things, 
but it's the, it's the uh, Mr. Burns theory of life that I live by, where Homer goes to his house and says, Mr. Burns, you have everything. You're so lucky. And he said, yes, Homer, you're right, but I'd give it all up for just a little more. Right, and that's that's that, that's the thing, right? I, I just we, we can still always do better. Never be satisfied with the norm. Push to the edge of it and and do more. We're doing good things. Let's do it even better. Well, you saw that Border Paws had their jail and bail, and it was uh, one of the most successful. I'm not going to say it was the most successful because I remember being locked up there one year. We raised sixty four thousand dollars. So we should lock Kurt back up again, maybe. Well, it was me, and there was a lot of other people that were locked up that, that day as well. But they did, I think, 35 or something uh, like that. 40 in fact, right I think Randy Marsh is sleeping in there tonight. Yeah, he's working yeah. on 40. He's working yeah. on 40s. Yeah. So that's tremendous. So, no, uh, from a you know, we can talk about grants, but uh, if uh, Father Sonovas is listening, I'd love to see an investment of Sonovas in this community. Uh, we heard uh, from the uh, one of the vice presidents at the Christmas party. I was there volunteering uh, at the Sonovas Energy Christmas party talking about be ready for 2023. So Lloyd Minster is ready, Sonovas, if you're listening. Yeah, we'd be welcoming you uh, with a great investment, as well as, 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 you know, our economic development team are working on many different things. And uh, as we talked about what continues, the growth of our community, jobs, work, opportunities. And I, I just look forward to hoping that someone or a couple of the uh, projects that our economic development team are able to pull off and uh, bring attract people to our community. We're a growing community. We're serviced by two railroads. We've got great highway access, and we've got a labor force. We've got land. We've got all the things that uh, to go forward. So, you know, I, I'm hoping Santa Claus delivers on a couple of those. And uh, even if it doesn't come December 25th, it comes in January, February, March, right through till the next uh, fall. We'd be more than glad to take them. I think 2023 you'll see a return to that. Uh, you know, <laughs> see our city growing again. I think we've been growing, Kurt. It's just uh, not as much as we had been. And when you think about it, and let's, you know, I date myself back to 2005 coming. Uh, there was a couple houses in our price range, and all of a sudden there was no houses. It was in a bidding contest, and I don't think that was great for our community either. Uh, but if we can get some steady growth, we've got land to develop. We're seeing land being developed today right now and buildings going up. But it wasn't at that feverish pace, and I don't think anybody wants to see that feverish pace come back. But steady growth of 2 percent, one and a half, two percent would be terrific, and, uh, you know, a big project would actually push us over two percent from that perspective, but uh, we could live with that because it'll balance out because we know it's ups and downs and uh, from that perspective. Well, and, uh, if we do this again next year, we might be sitting in a different building. Well, that would be fabulous. We, yeah. uh, we do issue building permits uh, on a regular <laughs> basis, so uh, if uh, <laughs> Jeremy's, listening, <laughs> Jeremy's listening, we'll uh, be more than glad to get you fixed up at the planning office over at the Op Center. And let's talk about Christmas. Uh, what you, what you guys got planned for Christmas? I'm on call. <laughs> the, the whole thing, from the 23rd to the 30th, so just hanging around, hanging around Lloydminster with uh, just my immediate family, so it'll be, uh, it'll be hopefully quiet for the on-call side of things, because if I'm going out on that stuff, somebody's having a bad day, so I hope to do not a lot of that, but uh, we'll be here for the whole holiday. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, I got family on my wife's side. I think we might be hosting. I don't know on if it's your been wife's side. Out. It sounds like the whole neighborhood's coming to your house. Well, this whole neighborhood's family. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we're actually going to my other brother's house in town for Christmas on, on my side, which I'm fine with. It's all good. Um, and then other than that, I'm just really hoping for some nice weather between Christmas and New Year's. Every year I feel like I get skunked where it's like, yeah, we're going to go skating, we're going to go sledding, we go do this, and it's minus 40 the whole week. Yeah, mm -hmm. we stayed inside and cuddled up under a blanket. Yeah. 
But that's what I'm looking forward to. And you got the kids coming home? I got one coming home and a quick trip to Denzel and on to Hannah to, to be with some family and then back between Christmas and New Year's. So uh, it'll, be, it'll be fun. Between now and Christmas, is there a movie or something or a tradition that you guys are hoping to get in before Christmas gets here? Something that either it's sitting down watching a movie or or listening to a certain album or an experience, the tradition with your family. Is there something between now and Christmas that you're excited about and hope to see? We sit down and watch Christmas Vacation as a thing. That That's a thing. Um, and so we'll do that again. However, uh, this year I've d developed a new thing and I recorded it the other day because I wanted to share it with my children because I think they're almost at the age where they could appreciate it and some of the laughs and the looks I got. Uh, we watched the Saturday Night Live Christmas special the other night with all the best skits of SNL over the years mm -hmm. and uh, you know like Pete Schwetty and all of that stuff that they did there yeah. and yeah. my kids watched that for the first time and I think that's something we're going to watch every year from now on because I really enjoyed watching them watch it. Does that have the uh, alternate ending to It's a Wonderful Life on it? It does. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's one of my favorite that one, of the, one of the newest ones. That was just when Steve Martin and Martin Short were, were uh, on hosting there with him throwing the coins from the top of the... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. We've been on point so far this Christmas season that we've been picking away at the ones we watch every year. So, w there's not just one. There is multiple that we watch as a family every year. Uh, so I, I got a couple left. I've got It's a Wonderful Life left. I've got the, the Jim Carrey, the Grinch left. But again, my daughter watches that all year round, so it's kind of <laughs> lost some, some novelty a little bit this year. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that we are, we are getting close to getting all those movie traditions down. <laughs> And I guess I'd say the Parade of Lights. We gather with a few, uh, with a, a group of friends, and go downtown and uh, get all bundled up, depending on the weather, and uh, take in the Parade of Lights. And I just hope people come out and enjoy that, even if it's cold. Uh, try and find a spot on the route, uh, stay in the car if nothing else, and have the car running. But it's just great standing on the street, drinking some hot chocolate, and just enjoying it, and visiting with people, and uh, and seeing people on the floats, and uh, all the work that goes into it. And again, that just goes back to the this community each and every time people put their best foot forward and I really appreciate that doesn't matter if it's if it's uh, what the uh, ag equipment dealers that uh, light up tractors and combines and sprayers and and local people and uh, you know uh, the trucking firms that donate their truck and trailer and let somebody come into their shop two days before and take that truck off the road and get it decorated that's that speaks volumes and half tons and cars and and if anybody's brave enough to walk it terrific you know and it'll be interesting to see if the Grinch is in handcuffs again or not but we'll we'll keep an eye out for that and uh, I got a note here from Mrs. Albers. She says, "Don't forget to ask the mayor about a bake sale today." Oh yes, the, 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 uh, it happens till <laughs> two o'clock. <laughs> it's happening till two o'clock. I wondered. I was supposed to mention that earlier. I'm sure. So, does uh, Mrs. Albers have some uh, items uh, in this bake uh, sale? No, uh, she might. There might be some of those uh, those uh, haystack cookies that have been known to circulate around the city a little bit. But uh, you we uh, had those at our house this year. <laughs> the Holy Spirit Ukrainian Catholic Church has got pierogies. If you're looking for Christmas pierogies, this is the those are handmade pierogies. Uh, they had some cabbage rolls and some bake sale stuff. So uh, I know they've been uh, they've been plugging away at pierogies pretty hard. So if you haven't got your pierogies, and I know there was guys lined up there at quarter to ten this morning. I understand. Okay, so we gotta wrap this up. I gotta go. Speaking of uh, traditions and stuff, it w it, I, I mentioned it already. The House of Paws was back again yep. this year. Remax does the food at that. 
I ate so much on Saturday night I couldn't hardly walk. Like, forget having a few drinks. It was like, oh man, they did a they did an awesome job on that, and the play was fantastic. And uh, they let me in on a little secret. I don't know if I should say, but they're actually working on a on getting someone to write a play for them. Right on for that's the awesome. for 2023. So that's something to look forward to as well. Uh, you mentioned we should we better wrap this up, so we better do that. But it, it has been uh, a pleasure to talk to you guys. I I hope that uh, 2023 brings you peace, love, and happiness. I really, really mean that. And a couple of grants for <laughs> Lloydminster Place. Oh, thanks for thanks for having us. Always a pleasure to be here, and uh, all the best to you and yours, and, and the community as a whole, as a whole uh, for 2023. Couldn't add anything better. Well, Kurt, Thank you. Yep, Kurt. Thanks very much, and thanks to uh, New Lloyd Mr. Deason. I've had the pleasure of being on the show here almost once a month for sure, mm -hmm. and I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to be able to answer some of the questions you have and the community has, and speak to things that are going on in the community because this is uh, a great avenue to get out to, to people because we can't get to everybody's door. And uh, if you've got questions, uh, please reach out to us at City Council. And if I can take the opportunity, I wish everyone in the city a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Please don't drink and drive. Please take, make alternate arrangements to travel. Your loved ones, your friends, your co-workers all appreciate you each and every day, and we just don't want those issues at Christmas time. There's way too many good things to celebrate, and uh, one too many drinks can be really spoiling. So uh, the, the RCMP, our peace officers are going to be out doing their job, and uh, it's nothing worse than, than having a Christmas ruined. So please don't drink and drive. Thank you. Thank you all three of you for, for being here. We're going to be back in on Tuesday, and we'll be downtown at uh, Joe's Barbershop for their one-year anniversary. We'll talk to Labus about the uh, year ahead for them, and uh, we'll talk about uh, what programs Labus has to offer into the new year as well. And then on Thursday, uh, we're back with Patchwork, and we're taking Patchwork on the road to Vicon this uh, Thursday, so we're looking forward to that. Tracy Kay and myself, Adam Waterman, and uh, Victor will be there. Victor Goulet will be there as well. So we look forward to talking to you on Thursday. And uh, next up, we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.